1: Dr. Tim Jordan here with another episode of Raising Daughters. Thank you so much for stopping by. And today's gonna to be a, an interesting conversation because as you all know from, if you've listened to my podcast before, I love stories. I love reading stories, I love telling stories. And I have, I have an author who's gonna uh, be interviewed by me today who, who just wrote a book that just came out within the last few weeks. It has some 25 interesting, inspiring stories about women scientists and adventurers. It's through National Geographic and she's a co-author, but I thought the stories were interesting because they bring out a lot of points that, are, that I think are important for you listening to this who have daughters. It might help you in learning how to support your daughters I imagine many of you have daughters who sometimes come to you with "quote unquote" outlandish dreams about things they want to do, people, things that they want to be, uh, interests they have, passions. And sometimes we, I think, we talk kids out of things when they're young because they're not practical or they won't be able to uh, uh, take care of themselves monetarily. But um, so these stories in this book, uh, by the way, the book is called No Boundaries. Twenty-five women explorers and scientists share adventures, inspiration, and advice. And the author I'm having on is, is Dr. Claire Fiesler. And she, uh, she's done lots of work. And I'm going to have her tell you kind of like her story first before I talk about some of the stories in the book. But um, so welcome to the show. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you came on.
0: I'm so glad to be here. I'm so, as, as, as a parent of a daughter myself, I've got a three-year-old daughter. I'm, uh, this is you know This is a new world for me too, raising daughters. So I'm really, really happy to be here.
1: I heard a story that's not in your book uh, a while back about Jane Goodall. Mm -hmm. And when she was a little girl, like eight years of age, she started telling everybody that she wanted to go live in Africa someday. And she wanted to live with animals. And everybody, of course, laughed at her and they discouraged her. And they said, women don't do that. That's something that men do. Woman wouldn't go off to Africa by herself, blah, 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 blah. But luckily for her, one person did support her. And that was her mom. And she remembered what her mom told her. And she said, I took it to heart. Her mom said, "If you really want something, you must be prepared to work very hard, take advantage of all opportunities, and above all else, never, never ever give up." And those are that's some of the things I think are a part of the stories that you wrote about in your book, No Boundaries. So, but first, first before we get into some of those stories, tell us about yours. How did you get to be where you are? Well,
0: before I talk about myself, I just want to say I'm really glad you brought that example because it wasn't just that Jane Goodall's mother. Encouraged her. She at the time needed a chaperone. She was she had no college degree. She was essentially a secretary. She needed a chaperone to go on her first field experience to try to observe the chimpanzees in Gombe, and where the uh, where she eventually set up her field station. And her her mother went with her. Mm -hmm. Her mother, who you know was right, I think her mother was born in the. 1800s you know in England and 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 just went with her and I just I love that image I love that story and um and for parents out there you know Jane Goodall's now in her 80s and she's still you know thanking her mother for that and yeah. so I think support even if it's um encouragement but also you know being by their side if they if they need it. If you can offer it, it was really important. I and I just love that image of had it not been for her mother's physical presence with her in the field, and her mother's ability to you know want to go, she wouldn't be Jane Goodall. You know, she yeah. wouldn't be the person we know today.
1: And and the twenty five stories in your new book are are companions as well. I think for girls today who are growing up and who who need role models, they need people who can inspire them and people who maybe have gone through different paths that they might, may not have even been aware of.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah and, and before and I'll say one last thing about about Jane Goodall before I I, I talk about the, the women in my book and my own story is um my daughter knows who my daughter's three years old she you know uh, and um she doesn't she can't even tell you what year it is you know she doesn't know the year yeah. 2022 but she knows exactly who Jane Goodall is and I made wow. sure of that but I will say that I wrote this book because I wanted, Look, I love Jane Goodall, but I wanted people to f- kind of forget the Jane Goodall story that has been so in like, in, in, in our mind of kind of it all worked out for her. She made all these scientific discoveries. One, that's not true. She had a lot of hardship and she's still being, I heard someone talk badly about her the other day to me. Uh, you know, it, people are, you know, men are still talking badly about her in the field of science, which is so ridiculous. Um, but I also feel that we need modern stories Mm-hmm. and relatable stories and so I you know I told someone the other day like I wrote this book because I feel like you know we kind of need to forget about Jane Goodall for a little bit and focus on young women trying to bla- blaze their own path today this is a very different world today so I wrote this book to you know to be everything else outside of Jane Goodall we need to know who Jane Goodall is but we also need to know what these more modern problems are
1: so yeah. So, and so tell us your, your story. how did you get to, how'd you get to be where you are?
0: So my story starts like all great stories do in the state of New Jersey. And, um, I, uh, I grew up, my whole family's from New Jersey. I have a very, very large family. Um, most of them are still in New Jersey, live within kind of the same County, frankly. And, um, You know, they all live down at the Jersey Shore at the beach. And I spent a lot of time at the Jersey Shore growing up on the beach. And, you know, two things inspired, you know, two things left an impression on me when I was a kid. One, just that, you know, I, New Jersey is the most densely populated state in America. But then when you get to the ocean's edge, it is remarkably wild. Um, you would see sharks and dolphins. You know, today fish. I mean, everything. Uh, fishing, growing up, crabbing, um, and the wild. The wild seemed like right at your fingertips. Um, but another thing about being in New Jersey that really inspired, inspired me, being raised at the Jersey Shore, beyond kind of this feeling of wonder for that environment, is that um, there was a time in the 80s, and I was very, very young. I was about my daughter's age, but I remember it that we couldn't swim at the beach. And actually there was two summers that we spent up at lakes up in like upstate New York. We're not lake people, but my parents like drove us <laughs> to these lakes. And I remember the long drive and be like, oh my God. It's, I just like, I had this memory of when you're a kid and you're car sick and this is before iPads and you're, it's you know, like six hour drive up to like the Catskills. Then you why are we going up there? And it's because the beaches were too dirty. They were mm. closed. Um, and it was known at the time as the syringe tide because medical waste was being dumped in the New York Bighton out right, at, you know, kind of outside New York City and washing up. Now, there's a whole political backstory of why that happened. But, um, you know, it, things were so bad. You know, there were the, the dolphins, uh, you know, a lot of wildlife uh, were was injured, uh, hurt, died, diseased um, or left completely and um, it was a really, really degraded habitat for a long time. And then fast forward to like 2000 and I'm an ocean lifeguard and the, the waters are clean again and we have humpback whales, you know, breaching, you know, just off the jetty and, and you know, seabirds and we can now eat the oysters like that are, you know, local. You know, we couldn't do that growing up, you know? Um, because of the pollution. And so to see in my short life from a you know preschool kindergarten age to college, the complete restoration of the habitat is is a very rare experience. And I think that made me very fascinated about the possibilities of conservation and optimism. And that's essentially what I do now. I'm a conservation biologist. So, So those are kind of my two formative moments growing up um, on the Jersey shore. And, and I guess the, the other thing I'll mention is that, um, my, like a lot of Catholic families in my community growing up, uh, my family sent me to an all girls school. There was a lot of all boys and all girls high schools in, in that area of New Jersey. And I went to an all girls school and that was very, an all girls education was really formative for me. And, um, gave me the confidence that I feel like a lot of my peers when I got to college again in a code environment had somehow lost or, um, had, you know, I, I wasn't really sure, but I, I do remember, and I can sometimes to this day as like a 38 year old woman, I can sometimes meet somebody and say, did you go an all girls school? And they they'll <laughs> say, yeah. And there's something about their confidence to this day. It happened a couple of years ago with a friend of mine. We we're getting to know each other. She goes, yeah, I did. That, you know, there's just something about the confidence instills in you that that lasts. And I know not everyone has access to, um, you know, all girls education, but it was really important to my formation and my confidence and my my ability to kind of persist in a male dominated field.
1: Were you able to identify her as that kind of school because she had a bun on top of her head? <laughs> St. Louis is famous. for. We have lots of all girl uh <laughs> high schools and so the, yeah i've been to a lot of them working you know with the girls and they've walked into the school like they don't care right they have you know yeah and they get their bun on top of their head they just roll out of bed and just show up it's kind of I different. Think, than, i
0: think it's the sense of like here i am you yeah. know and and not caring so much what people think
1: yeah. and
0: and i i am mean, it's very recognizable in in when in, in the in like a woman to this day and also uh being very unafraid to um be uh, kind of bold in your assumptions and non-apologetic. Yeah. I, t- I think that's a quality I recognize in other women who have had all girls' education is to be non-apologetic. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I value that very much so.
1: We're talking with Dr. Claire Fiesler. She's a co-author of a new book uh, from National Geographic called No Boundaries, 25 Women Explorers and Scientists Share Adventures, Inspiration, and Advice. And I love that in your story, you had some moments when you were a kid that it kind of imprinted something on you, Look, mm-hmm. you know, looking at that beach that was so you know, devastated and all. And that's a common thread through many of the stories in the book about women who, when they were kids growing up, had experiences which sort of touched them or triggered something in them. One of my favorites was Aubrey Roberts. She's a paleontologist today but she had an experience of uh, going on a field trip that kind of ignited her passion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she even talks about a book too, that she had a book about like a, a, a Raptor Raptor red. I think she talks about it um, and that, that, that she, she, she was all of a sudden she could imagine. So she studies, you know, um, plesiosaurs, which are essentially like dinosaurs of the ocean. And um, she just uh, fell in love with this idea of, of the book describes, you know, the life of, of a dinosaur instead of like being from the outside, but like what it could be like if you were a dinosaur, you know, and just made it really real and it like stuck with her and she like she gushed about that book, you know, and this woman's you know in her late thirties and um, yeah, I love I love the book that books and formative experiences firsthand formative experiences are these threads that run throughout my book that I've had as well.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your thing about Aubrey that I liked in her story was that she she heard a, le- a lecture on fossils, she read the book and then she got inspired. And so she had the guts to send the professor an email asking if he needed another student to help with a project he was on. Cause she just got passionate about this and, and she got it. And that kind of started her down her path. And that and I I think a lot of women in, in the book, No Boundaries, also had moments when they had to step up and ask.
0: Yeah. Um, I think there's this sense of, at least when I was growing up, maybe it's different now. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know that many like teenage girls. I, I t- teach at the college level, so I meet a lot who are like, you know, college age but my sense of when I was a kid was that, you know, if you, you if you kind of play by the rules, if you kind of get straight A's and you, you know, you, you do everything the way you're supposed to, then at the end, like someone will hand you the opportunity. Yeah. Um, but it's really like, you know, you got to knock on the doors and I, um, and, and a lot of women in this book, I mean, they all, in a sense, there's a story about Asha 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 DeVos who, you know, basically talked her way onto a a research vessel and they said, we don't need you. And she goes, I'll literally like scrub the decks. And they're like, okay, all right, fine. And um, she had the humility to do that and took an overnight plane to like meet this this vessel at the pier. And then it kind of launched her career. And she just chased it. Um, And so, yeah, there's that common thread too of just you got to ask you can't be afraid to ask for something even if you ask 10 people one of them's going to say yes you know?
1: yeah and it wasn't just the asking it was also something like there's there's a story in the book stephanie Grock, who i looked she's stephanie uh
0: stephanie, uh, uh, stephanie grokey dr Groke. Stephanie oh Groke. sorry yeah, yeah she's the vul- volcanologist which is my yeah. favorite job title by the way yeah that's right. studying <laughs> volcanoes and volcanologists like that's just oh it's such a great word that's so first, much
1: that's- yeah, it's the first time I'd ever heard that that word before. And yes, that's that's one of the that's one of the beautiful things about your book, No Boundaries, is that for girls who are in middle school, high school, or and or beyond, who are have an interest in animals, or they have an interest in ecology or nature or whatever, I think sometimes they have this narrow vision of I guess I'll be a vet, or I guess I'll be you know they have they don't have many in their doctor, options. Yeah. But this book is like wow, these women are doing incredible things I've never even heard of before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, what were
1: you saying about um, Stephanie Grody? Oh, the fact that uh, her dad took her, I think her sister on a, when she was 18 on a, a sailing trip across the Atlantic ocean Yeah. and how that impacted her. She's, I, I, I wrote down her quote, cause I, I, was, I was really inspired by it. She said she realized after the trip that she needed to continue to seek adventure to keep that feeling going inside her that she felt so good about having had this adventure with her dad and her sister. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes those experiences when kids are growing up, um, sometimes we don't, they don't seem like a big deal, but, Mm -hmm. but kids internalize that. Mm -hmm. And then they get further enough down the line. She can look back and go, oh, it makes sense where that sense of adventure came from. I'm sure there was other Mm -hmm. parts along her points along her story that also point her in that direction. But that's one of the reasons why I like that. Your book, No Boundaries So Much is because it gives girls a sense of what, what, what what if my experiences in my life so far, where might they be pointing me towards? That's not mm-hmm. about this narrow path of get straight A's, go to a top college and get dumped out and then get some high paying job.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. exactly. Um, there's even
1: there's even one woman, I can't remember which one her, her name was, but she was she was a social worker in New York City for a while before she kind of got this urge to do something different. Tell us about. Yeah.
0: Her. Yeah. Pat, right. Um, she. Uh, Pat Wright she's now like the, one of the world world's experts on lemurs which you've probably seen on like the BBC they're those very rare funny looking primates from Madagascar that island off the coast of Africa and and they're stud, they're study are people study these lemurs because they kind of represent um, evolution and the way that you know this island can kind of break off of this continent and then these primates can kind of Rapidly evolve very quickly based on different environments. Anyway, I'm going getting two in the weeds here, but um, you know she rap- she she rose to kind of be an expert in these in these rare animals that tell us so much about evolution, just as much as Darwin's finches finches really, if not more. And yes, yeah, she was a social worker in New York. And and the part we didn't include in the book because it um, is a little I want to say like passé because the laws have changed but she met someone who had a pet monkey because you mm. could have like pet, you could have exotic animals back in the New York in like the early 80s, mm. you know, you yeah. think of friends. I mean, you know, the capuchin monkey that Ross, that Ross has a pet, you know, now that we know a lot more about animals, you know, having exotic animals, I mean, even like tigers as, as pets, you know, we understand that that is, those are not, you know, not only does it threaten the wild populations, but it's not good for animal welfare and so forth. But as part of her backstory, she met someone with a pet monkey who urged her to get a pet, a pet monkey. And she had a pet mo- monkey for a short time and she just realized she was fascinated with this monkey. Hmm. And um, and then she said, you know, I don't want to own this animal. I want to study the animals in the wild. And she just went to back to school after having this career in social work. And I love her story because I think, I, I'm hoping that parents read that. And if there's a parent who's thinking, you know, I've always wasn't, you know, I always want to do something bigger with my life. The parents, you know, might recognize that they can pivot in their career or that a kid give, like gives themselves a little bit of wiggle room of like, I don't need to figure it out when I, you know, the year after I graduate college, I can take my time to zig and zag to my lifelong journey because that's what this
1: woman did, you know. And girls uh, that I work with, I work with a lot of girls in middle school, high school and college, but I'd say yeah. my sweet spot is probably high school. I'm running a weekend retreat this weekend for 20 high school girls. Mm. A lot of them feel like they should know when yeah. they're 16, 18, 20, like they should have it all mapped out. And like, like the woman you're talking about, I don't think when she was 16, she said, I'm gonna be going to the Amazon and studying lemurs. That was, that was nowhere, anywhere on her on her horizon. And yet, right. you know, life brought her opportunities. And luckily for us and for the lemurs of the world, she, she recognized her urge and she followed it. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that other women in the book also, I think described.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, when I said I don't meet a lot of high school girls, that that was actually a lie because I, I do meet some seniors that come to, when I taught at Georgetown and then I, used to meet a lot of seniors in high school that would come onto campus and they could sit in on my class. Oh. And I met a couple of students that way who were considering coming. and you can come and sit in. And I met a lot of them and they would always say, well, what do you recommend you recommend that I come here? And I would say, well, why do you wanna to come to Georgetown? And they would say, oh, this, 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 this. And I recommend to every student, I said, you know, how do I recommend you take a gap year? Because you might find out more about yourself in that gap here than feeling like you got to come to like you know do the same thing you did in high school just at like a
1: yeah. a higher
0: level you know like sit in the classroom grind it you know, out do the thing yeah <laughs> you need to learn things about yourself and wayfind which you know wayfinding which is wayfinding is a big theme in 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 our book yeah uh, is how 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 did you know, how did these girls get to where they are as a bioengineer, as a mountaineer, as a astrobiologist studying life on Mars? It's not like becoming a doctor or a lawyer where you, you know, go to college, go to law school, then, you know, boom, you're a lawyer or whatever. And you put your law degree on the wall and you join a law firm. Uh, to really make a difference, whether it's in your own backyard or globally, uh, to follow some of these, like, Questions that we have about the natural world—it's much more complicated, mm-hmm. and it can be hard. And I think we try to make that that not scary. You know, uh, the path of least resistance doesn't—you know—the the, the path of resistance doesn't always have to be like the hard, you know, the scary path. Yeah. Um, and that wayfinding can be um, interesting and worth value, you know, worthwhile and of value of just trying to figure it out based on what your skills are. Um, and, I, I, and so, you know, I say this again in, in, in our book, No Boundaries, that wayfinding um, and, and not putting pressure on yourself, but allowing to kind of find out who you are and how to overcome obstacles is a really big theme.
1: Yeah. We're talking with Dr. Claire Fiesler, and she's the co-author of a new book through National Geographic called No Boundaries. 25 women explorers and scientists share adventures and inspiration and advice. I want to ask you about, if, if, if you have a few more minutes, one of the, uh, my favorite stories in there, but just really quick, what my, uh, my, 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 my wife and I's middle kid, our first son, he graduated from college. He had, he had a degree in political science and something else, and he didn't want to go to law school. Everybody just assumed he was going to you know, go to law school. He's like, I don't want to be a lawyer. And so he, he wasn't sure what he wanted to do, so he did, he did a two-year uh, gig with uh, Teach for America, Mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was in an uh, inner city middle school in chicago loved the kids hated the whole bureaucracy and all that but mm-hmm. he loved working mm-hmm. with the kids and after two years he just needed a break so he bought a tent and he bought a backpack and he just took off mm-hmm. and he went to new zealand didn't know anybody and he mm-hmm. backpacked around hiked it he bungee jumped you know, all these all these new zealand people can do anything there there's no <laughs> there's no safety i Lost love have not nothing yeah, he loved it too but he stopped and picked fruit and orchards a couple of times for a month to save money, went to Australia, worked in a restaurant. But anyway, he was gone for 22 months. And we had, we had a lot of adults who were like, aren't you worried about him? Shouldn't he be back here getting a job? You know, shouldn't he? Shouldn't he? Shouldn't he? And he even started to doubt himself halfway through the trip. Like, am I being a bum? Am I, should I come back? And We were like, no, you, just think what you're learning about yourself, learning how to take care. And he was always independent anyway. But it really added a whole nother layer for him about self-confidence and about making his own way and taking initiative. And, and I can do whatever I want because I figured it out all along the way for almost two years. And I think sometimes young people aren't given the permission from the adults, whether we're talking about parents, professors, teachers, mm-hmm. the uh, the school system, to allow them to have some of that wayfinding experiences. I'm glad the stories in your book point that out.
0: Yeah. I, I'm happy for your son. I'm, I'm frankly, I'm jealous. Um, I, I did a lot of wayfinding myself, but I never had the opportunity to kind of travel like that. And I wish I did. Um, I did, I did quite a bit of traveling, but not in these, those large, um, chunks. And I find that really valuable. And I'm really glad you brought that up because, you know, there's, you brought up, you know, the, the criticism of like, shouldn't he be here getting a job? And I think that there is a somewhat, you know, I feel like to play the devil's advocate, there is, there is value in practical advice. And so I feel like, you know, what we tried to do in this book is uh, there's kind of like two tracks of advice and we wanted to make sure that there were both tracks were in the book. One, the one track is like, be smart with your money, be safe. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh Uh, You know, take care of your family, you know, these kind of like roles we have that um, that reflect your responsibilities uh, that we have um, and making sure that we um, aren't taking too many risks. And, like, for example, Dr. Danielle Lee, her advice is really practical. From St. Louis?
1: From yes. St. Louis, but yeah, the way. woman thank, who studies
0: uh, nuisance rats. That's right. She's from St. Louis, or she works in St. Louis. That's right. She's a fantastic mammalogist, woman who studies mammals. Yeah. And she studies nuisance rats. So rats that uh, are in your cornfield or are in your house, uh, but then like giant rats in Africa and kind of their behaviors out in the wild. Anyways, I bring her up because she's a really big advocate for. Um, uh, for Black scientists, and she's really, really practical, and says, "Look, you got to find scholarships because I see a lot of first-gen Black students who they maybe they didn't find enough scholarships, and they get discouraged, and they, they, then they kind of don't have the the money to finish. And you know, yeah. you could have all the passion in the world, and if you don't have the money to complete college, you're out of luck. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, making sure, sponsor- sure you have the support system, whether it's family support, whether it's mentors whether it's money, you gotta have that practical support. And so we have that track of advice. And then we also have the other track, which is, you know, find out who you are, uh, be persistent no matter what. Uh, um, don't let people recognize you for your de- gender, but become indispensable so they recognize you as uh, a necessity. And, and And I kind of stray away, I, I've never been one for follow your passion, I feel like that can be lead kids to be like, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, I think I so we, we don't really have like a lot of follow your passion there. I think it's often, you know, how can you make a difference? Um, follow where your interests are and your skills and, um, and pursuing questions that bring value to you and others. And so that's the other track. And so, you know, our book, No Boundaries, has both those. And so I feel like, you know, you as parents probably instilled those track one values in your kid, in your son, and then sent him on his way. And he learned those track two values on his journey, you know.
1: Yeah. We're talking with Dr. Claire Fiesler, who wrote co-wrote a book called No Boundaries, 25 Women Explorers and Scientists Share Adventures, Inspiration and Advice. Um, uh, one more quick question, if, if you have just another moment. You talk, sure. there, there are a lot of examples in the book and you've mentioned the word mentors a lot. Um, how important they can be for, for women, girls or boys along the way. So you can you talk to that just from, and especially in relation to some of the stories in the book.
0: Sure. Mentorship plays a role in um, a few of the stories because, and, and I want to say mentorship is not just like, up, a, 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 you know, in a hierarchical sense, but also in an egalitarian sense, like friendships can be a form of mentorship as well. I feel like I've learned a lot through friendships. I mean, even Gabby, uh, who's my co-author, I wrote this book with another National Geographic Explorer and photographer and scientist named Gabby Salazar. And she, um, you know, frankly, I've learned a lot from her. And so we wanted to make sure that, that there were stories in there specifically that we chose to feature them and write and frame as stories about mentorship and friendship, and Munas, Dr. Munasa Alam, who is an astronomer, um, who you know grew up in Queens, mm. and because of light pollution, you know she never really saw the night sky until her father took camping, uh, like really saw the night sky. And then when she did, she was like, "That's what I want to," you know. Mm. Wow, well, you know the lights went on, and. Um, And she talks about how, you know, if it wasn't for friendships of the other women getting PhDs in astronomy with her, she might not have persisted because those were so important to her because look, the sciences, women and women of color, she's she's a woman of color, women of color are underrepresented in the sciences, but especially so in astronomy Mm. and physics. So I think it's really important um, to highlight that uh, the, how, how important friendships within her fellow graduate students and mentorship, she had a great mentor, which is really was um, the secret sauce for her story. So we want, um, you know, it's not just that friends are fun in elementary school, that friends are indispensable as you're becoming an adult professionally. You know?
1: So for parents who are listening to uh, Dr. Claire Fiesler, who wrote the book, No Boundaries, if you're listening to that, or your daughters are listening in with you,
0: uh,
1: sometimes it is friends, sometimes it's role models and mentors who are your teachers, professors, coaches, Mm -hmm. whatever, but Mm -hmm. sometimes those kind I think those kind of mentors can come from reading a book, and Mm -hmm. authors and people's stories that you read about that inspire you that you see how they maneuvered on their path and how they zigzag their way to whatever I think sometimes uh like some of my mentors are people who I never met I I just Mm -hmm. read their stories I read their books but they I got the right words the right encouragement the right guidance at the right time and it made a big difference for me
0: yeah yeah I'm glad you mentioned that um because I uh I feel like that's why we wrote the book yeah um and, you know, I, if, you, if, if, if you read this book and then your daughter wants to reach out to any of the women in the book, like you can find all you know, these women on the internet online, they all, you know, you can find the contact information. They'll write back to you, you know, if you write them, I'm sure. Um, but I do think that if you can use this as, a, as an entryway, if, if, if your daughter reads the book and she gets really into it, what's the next best thing that you can do? before sending her you know buying you know sending her to science camp because maybe she's still trying to wayfind yeah you know and that's a lot of money bring her to a you know if you live in a near a college town or you live near a city there are always scientists coming through on like lecture series you know even if you think it's like a very adult type of lecture series bring your daughter or son and there's really no substitute for meeting you know, meeting someone face to face and seeing what they're like and their personality. And I had the benefit of that later in life. And I wish I had that as a young person. And I think our book is an entry, you know, an an entry to that experience. Um, but, but, you know, that's, that that's, that's an experience I, 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 I uh, recommend to all parents whose kids are, are showing these, um, you know, daughters who are showing these early interests in these, You know, it doesn't have to be science careers, just like curiosity in the natural world.
1: Yeah. So we've been talking with Dr. Claire Fiesler, co-author of the book, No Boundaries. So please let our listeners know how to get a hold of your book.
0: So there's two ways you can get a hold of the book um, that I would recommend. One is just anywhere books are sold. National Geographic does a great job of distributing books across the United States, Canada. You can find it in England. Um, Your local bookstore will have it. Um, A lot of local libraries, most counties in America will have this, you can request it. And Amazon has it too, you can buy it on Amazon. Um, Amazon reviews actually really help. If your kid likes it, please leave a review um, because that really helps us decide kind of what what we should do next too. Uh, And then, but um, starting in March for Women's History Month, Uh, If you go to shopdisney.com and you buy the book directly through Disney, who's kind of like the parent company of National Geographic Publishing. If you buy the book through shopdisney.com after March 1st, they have a buy a book, give a book program. So for the book that you buy, Disney works with a nonprofit organization to gift that book to communities in need. And that's a great option. Uh, If you want to go out and buy the book, you know, now do it. But if you wait till March, which is Women's History Month, you can do the Bible book, give a get book
1: program through shopdisney.com shopdisney.com. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate this. There's, Thank you so
0: much, Tim.
1: Uh, yeah. This, this, this Dr. Is... Claire Fiesler and make sure you, this is a great book for your for you and your daughters. I, I've, I've read a lot of books like this because I'm always looking for stories to share with girls on my retreats and camps and things. And these yeah. are great stories that really broadens the scope of, who you might be able to become and all kinds of different fields that might be of interest to girls. I really like the way it, that this book does that for them.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, I, I, I Gabby and I wrote an introduction to the book and then this is the last thing I'll say is, you know, it was important for us to say like we wrote this book because it's a book we wish we had when we were growing up Yeah. and that's why we wrote it. Uh, it's very clear. So um, yeah, do, do go out and buy it. Uh, or get your local library. I think your daughter will
1: enjoy it. Thanks so much for being on.
0: Thank you so much, Tim.
1: Well, that was awesome. I really appreciate Dr. Clara Fieser coming on with this and, and, you know, look for that book either with the shopDisney.com or through Amazon, however you get your books. Uh, Thanks so much for stopping by here. And this, this, again, this would be a great podcast to listen to with your daughter. Whether they're in grade school, middle school, high school, if they have any kind of different interests in different things, it might give them some inspiration or some encouragement to follow their hearts and to follow their urges. I will see you back here in a week with another podcast. Until then, uh, take good care of yourselves and I will see you soon.